You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I play four hours of video games a day, and a lot of it is Madden. Yeah, I'm a loser. I'm 31 and single. Big whoop. (laughs) Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hunt! And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Travis Cura. He's Brazilian Tide. And Tide, I don't know if I'm going to be able to survive this podcast, my my wife and I, every once in a while, we make a a casserole that's very rich. Let's uh, let's just leave it at that. And today we made a crucial mistake and accidentally doubled the butter. I, oh. I, I'm I'm waiting to hear the mistake, dude. <laughs> if I have to, if I have to take an intermission on this podcast, you know why. My insides are just greased up right now. <laughs> oh, sounds amazing. Like, I'm pretty sure that's what the recipe called for. I don't think it's actually doubled. No, the recipe called for half a cup of butter, and we accidentally put a. There's there's no wrong. Um, the only wrong amount of butter is not enough. Like let's <laughs> let's be honest. Well, this casserole ended up being butter soup. <laughs> now, now you're speaking my language. <laughs> Join two and out for CFL fantasy and CFL pick'em, and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. All right, let's start. With the first game of the week where the Calgary Stampeders get by the Toronto Argonauts twenty to six or twenty-six to sixteen here. I think a lot of people expected that the Stampeders would be kind of angry mm-hmm. after uh, their last game out. It was the loss against Hamilton and they they came home, but they only had the five days. The Argos have stuck around in Alberta. They're still in Alberta because they're going to be playing Edmonton on Thursday. And the Argos put up a real fight in this one. Hanging ground, hanging ground, right? It just. <laughs> yeah, I watched Rounders the other night, sorry. <laughs> well, what was the score at halftime? 11 to 9 yeah. for the Stampeders because uh, the Argos couldn't convert the two point conversion. So at halftime, they were still in a game, and that's. That's a lot more than we could say for most of this season so far. So, I, moral, too bad moral victories don't count in the standings because they would have two. This would be one. Or at least one. <laughs> well, they'd have one and a half because it was halftime. But if, this is, yeah, Cal- yeah, if yeah. this is Calgary playing pissed off, it's not very impressive. I mean, Nick Arbuckle no. goes 20, 20 of 30 for 191, throws two picks, two interceptions, three of nine rushing. You know, Kadeem Carey, 12 of 65 rushing, had four catches for 30 yards. Breskison looked to be like, I mean, it, it's hard to pick week to week who who the, who Nick Arbuckle is going to throw to, and, and it, it's the same with with Bo Levi when he's in there, whether it's Breskison or Bagleton or Ambles. You know, every now and then, Eric Rogers is usually the hot pick. Breskison comes in five for five, six four yards, two TDs, and, and he has the best game. And I mean, two TDs that's huge, but the rest of the offense just 
especially in the, with, in the first two and a half quarters, just looked unimpressive. Well, Eric Rogers had the tough game against Hamilton, whether mm-hmm. it was drops or what have you, but he only got targeted twice. He had the two catches for 17 yards. And I, I have to say, and I, I, we might as well talk about fantasy right now. I had another joke of a week. You, I had I a mean, joke too, but I got lucky. But when when I have Greg Ellingson and Eric Rogers, you're hoping for 40 to 50 points right there. 35, 35 is reasonable, right? And, and they combine for like less than ten. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Like I I had Eric Rogers too, so I mean we're kind of in the same boat. But you know, I I also had Nick Arbuckle who puts up twelve and a half at the quarterback yeah. position. So you know, and, and they they had the chance to you know finish the well, job seven and turnovers just, from the and, Argos. And, ne- and never and never did it they yeah they they had they had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity of, of you know Toronto turning the ball over and they just never put they never they had their foot on the throat but never stepped on it and you know it all it, it, it granted they won by 10 but it could they could have lost this game quite easily if McLeod Bethel Thompson takes care of the football better now, I got to wonder if this is sort of a sign of things to come for the Eskimos, because a game like this could go either way. If Toronto mm-hmm. doesn't turn the ball over seven times and <laughs> they, they win the Man. game. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I think just about any team that turns the ball over seven times is going to lose the game. But now the the Eskimos are in a similar position. They go to Montreal lose the game, and then they're going to come back and play Toronto on a short week where the Argos, while on the road, will have less travel this week than the Edmonton Eskimos. Well, well, Edmonton goes BC, Montreal, and then back home. Yeah. So this is basically like a three-game road trip. And and, and it's a short week, so can you say trap game? But, I mean... You know what? I'm tempted. (laughs) We we've talked about it all like we talked about it all week like you know this this might be the week Toronto does it in week seven but at the same time I really don't want to pick it because of you know the defense that Edmonton has but we can get into that on Thursday's show yeah I'll actually <laughs> say that Toronto's defense did their job they one hundred percent they were getting after Arbuckle fast and mm-hmm. early he he really didn't have much time the Stamps only gave up four sacks in this one and they were all in uh, uh well on second down three of them were on second down but a lot of them were coming early on the, the Argos were getting after him and not letting any plays develop well and you know for them turning the ball over seven times the amount of time that Toronto was on the field yeah uh you know for them to only allow 26 points I mean yeah it was only three more minutes for the stamps but I mean it, it they Toronto didn't sustain a lot of drive, especially when you turn the ball over seven times. It's kind of hard to sustain drives. <laughs> it like the, to only allow twenty six points, you know, to the likes of Breskison, Bagleton, and Eric Rogers, and the way they shut down Eric Rogers. Uh, you know, well, maybe not shut him down. He was only targeted twice, but I mean, Arbuckle can only throw to what's given. I thought the defense started to really turn a corner. And, you know, they, they had to play well because of the amount of times the offense turned the ball over. Yeah, I mean, they, they were forced Back against to play the well. Wall. And it almost seems like if they're going to steal a game, 
It's going to be the defense that's going mm-hmm. to have to do it for the Argos. It did seem like they were getting uh, a little bit more creative with how they would get Darrell Walker involved on the play. They almost used short passes as a running game, and I guess we can't really be surprised with who their offensive coordinator is in Jacques <laughs> Chapdelaine. But, I mean, Edwards, Green, Wilder, Walker, all have over 70 yards receiving. And mm-hmm. Bethel Thompson, 32 of 42 for 343 yards and two touchdowns. That looks good. And then you see the four interceptions, and it just puts everything <laughs> into perspective a little bit. But when you're playing against a ball-hawking secondary that has Trey Roberson, mm-hmm. uh, that's going to happen. And he had mm-hmm. himself an absolutely monster game. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I texted you. I'm like, is there anything that he can't do right now? He is all over the field. He's in the middle of every play, it seems, uh, you know, and, and almost basically took this game over if it wasn't uh, for Corey Greenwood. Right, and we actually filled out a media survey at the beginning of the year, and I said, well, uh, come you, back player. You did. Yeah, because you got <laughs> drunk and disappeared. Um, <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> and I said, I think Greenwood – might be my guy, and in this one, he has a fumble recovery. Mm-hmm. He actually has an interception. Uh, Roberson actually didn't have an interception, but he had a fumble recovery for 93 yards and a touchdown, so yep. it's not like he didn't contribute in the turnover department. <laughs> well, and even when he doesn't have an interception, though, he's able to contribute because you, you're afraid yeah. to throw to that side of the field because you know he's over there. It, it's much like Delvin Bro last year for Hamilton, and now mm-hmm. I mean, guys aren't scared of Delvin Bro as much as they were, but... Right now, Roberson's hot, and it you, you don't throw to the hot hand on the hot hand if he's a cornerback. So where do the Argos go from here? I, I thought uh, Prob- probably Micah probably Alway. north on Highway Two. Yeah, they they only got to take the bus <laughs> for a few hours, and uh, they'll be in Edmonton. <laughs> Micah Alway is an absolute monster, and mm-hmm. his hit was it Reggie Bagleton? I believe so. Oh. At, at first look in real light in, in in real speed, I was like, "Oh, here we go again." Micah Alway, I know, I destroys know. a guy over the and then you slow it down. It's like that is a is is textbook. He he, he hits him with the he hits him with the shoulder on mm-hmm. shoulder on shoulder, and he hits through him. He doesn't target the head. He doesn't lead with the crown of his helmet. It was perfect. And you know, if he can keep doing that, great. I don't foresee it. Uh, there is a couple guys in this league that you know it, they have one good hit and f- for every three bad ones, uh, but it, w- <laughs> it, it was that that hit got me. It, I stood up like I, there was, I, I thought Bagleton wasn't getting up. I know, and props to him for doing it. <laughs> yeah, and I, th- I think adrenaline takes over that point. It's kind of like when you yeah. get hit by a pitch, it's like don't rub it, don't rub it, just walk yeah, the first yeah. base. I think I think <laughs> I think adrenaline took over a little bit there. What do the Argos do about this rushing game? Because James Wilder Jr. has 11 carries for 44 mm-hmm. yards. His longest rush was six yards. Uh, Brandon Burks ended up coming into the game, and he didn't have that much success either. You'd think, you know, 15 carries, you'd be able to break one for at least double-digit yards, and they did not. The, the there, there, was one play, there was one player who had a double-digit rush for the Argonauts, and it was McLeod Bethel-Thompson. And you know what? He actually rushed twice for 19 yards. And he, well, and I think another one was called back to to penalty, mm-hmm. which is not 
that surprising uh, considering the team we're talking about. But he really showed that he actually can move. And he I think he surprised the Stampeders. I, I think I think that that is for sure what happened. I don't. He doesn't look like your prototypical scrambling no. quarterback, uh, but I don't think he's going to be surprising a lot more teams uh, after after this yeah. week with with the amount. Now I know they got, I know the big one of the big ones got called back, but I mean the, the people see the potential is there. Uh, you can't just uh, pin the ears back now as a defensive end, uh, and if you, if you get behind him, he can take off. Uh, much like a lot of other quarterbacks in this league, and if you break, if if you lose containment, uh, he's got a, he's got another weapon to hurt you with. And I mean, 343 yards—that's a hell of a day. But he didn't take care. It of is. The fo- he didn't take care of the football. So right. I mean, he could have had a way better day. And you know, one of those the one rushing, <clears throat> excuse me, the one rush doesn't get called back. We're looking at a 20, 25 point day in, in fantasy wise. What are the Argos doing when? They're down two scores with under three minutes to go, and they're punting the ball. Uh, trying not to be like Jason Moss? It, because at the end of the first half, they were they scored a touchdown mm-hmm. with no time left on the clock. And I, mm-hmm. I think a, most teams on the road would probably take uh, the field goal, field goal going into halftime and just consider yeah. it a success. But I, I think considering the situation... And how the season has gone for the Argos so far, I think, go for it. There is nothing to lose. Just try and get some momentum here. And they did. But then later in the game, they they lost that. And they just didn't go for it anymore. Mm-hmm. I it just sometimes it seems like they've given up already. <laughs> um, yeah, I could see that. I don't. I don't think they actually have. Uh, the only thing I can think of is, you know, the way that that offense was going. I, they turned the ball over seven times. Punt it. Try to win a field position battle. Your defense has played pretty well. Right. Get the ball back with a shorter field. If you can force a two and out. Other than that, you have to go for it. But I think Chamberlain's just, I think Chamberlain overthought it. Kadeem Carey had 95 yards uh, combined between rushing and receiving. So we will, uh, uh, I think he's going to probably break out in the next few weeks if Don Jackson doesn't come back. If he gets mm-hmm. a touchdown, it just it's a lot nicer day for him. He still had double-digit fantasy points. And the Stampeders blocked another punt in this one. That Fraser Sopic, he's one of my favorite players in the league right oh. now. And it, it looks like they practiced how to block a punt without, without touching taking a kicker. penalty. Like it was yeah. almost like his hand was like behind him, and then he like oh, yeah. reached back to block it, and it couldn't have worked out any better. And then, you know, it, it, you win the special teams battle, which is usually the one that's up in the air. Yeah, uh, and you know they got challenged by their. <clears throat> excuse me, by their special teams coach after that showing in Hamilton giving up the two long returns and said, you need to be better. That's why the special teams is why we lost that football game. And they, they came out and, you know, they, they had a pretty decent showing. I mean, held Rainey to 76 yards on four attempts uh, on kickoffs and, you know, 44 on six punt returns. Kevin Fogg had one for seven. And, you know, they were pretty respectable in in 
their own returns, but I mean that that blocked kick makes such a huge difference, and you know flips field position and puts points on the board. So that's always a good thing if you can, especially you know you got to win two out of the three uh, facets of a football game, and if you can win a special teams battle, it makes the it makes getting one of the other two uh, way easier. Let's go to Winnipeg, where the Bombers beat the Red Blacks thirty-one to one. They are now five and zero against the spread as well. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so there is money to be made. The uh, Bombers are on absolute fire right now, but the Red Blacks are on like trending. dumpster fire. It, They're on the edge of the dumpster about to fall in. I I don't think so far it looks like they peaked in week 2 and that's they, not They jumped good. the shark. You can't peak in week 2. <laughs> no. Jonathan Jennings threw three quarters, six passes, or six completions on 15 attempts for 45 yards and an interception. The Bombers up until this game were giving up, on average, over 300 yards a game. They barely gave up over 100 in this one. Yeah. Um, When your backup comes in and throws the ball 13 times and only completes four, um, and still throws for more yards. <laughs> yeah, but they both still throw a pick. I, I, and I know that it was brought up on Twitter about you know him not being prepared and, and all that stuff. And and you replied with the, that's on him. He had a full camp. Uh, you know yeah. he's he's been with the team the entire season. He should know this this system. And you know it's a really bad look. <clears throat> excuse me for for Jonathan Jennings. Uh, you know, he literally had zero points. He was at negative point two, but got two rushing yards to bring him up to zero point zero for fantasy points. Like, well, I think a lot of uh, at least some people were a bit surprised that he didn't get the starting job coming out of camp in Ottawa because of his competition. I don't think anybody really had much faith in uh, Dom Davids and, leading and Davis, the team. Davis made management and the coaching staff look like freaking geniuses through the first two weeks. Well, it's still, he's been better than what Jennings showed. I, I, I don't know who could be worse than Jonathan Jennings right now. I think he would have put up a better fight than Jennings would have if, if Davis was healthy. I, 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 I would agree with that. And I, I, and I think a lot of that would have come on the ground too. I mean, Jennings rushed once for two yards. And when he was in BC, he was a lot more mobile than that. What happened to him? I, I don't know. It's a that's a great question. Uh, I don't know if it's. I, I have a feeling it almost looks like he's lost confidence in himself. And, well, that's and, what everybody kind of and with says. that, everybody around you loses confidence, and it just snowballs from there, right? Because they kind of referred to a game in Regina a few years ago when he just got smashed and Mm -hmm. he hasn't been the same ever since. And I just remember when he first came onto the scene, I I think it was uh, later in the the season, he played a game in Edmonton and took the Eskimos to overtime. And I think it was his debut. Mm -hmm. And, like, this is the next... uh, this is a future MOP we're watching here. In 2016, he goes out there and he just looks like he's just playing ball. He's improvising. He's he's they have he's that having double, fun. They have that double overtime game against Calgary, 
Uh, yeah. Where, where, where both him and Bo go off, and it, we've we've never. I think the, I think there's two things. I think that's the outlier that season because you're never as good as you are when you're on a hot streak, and you're never as bad as you are when you're on a cold streak. You're yeah. somewhere in the middle. So I don't think he's this bad, but I think he's he's not as good as he was. But I mean, he's got to be you know an average quarterback, or else he's going to lose his job. I just think at I don't know I'm no psychiatrist or I'm not even a football coach. I just kind of think that when he first came onto the scene, he was a bit nervous, so he would use his legs to mm-hmm. extend plays, and uh, he would just go out there and be himself. And I don't think he's doing that anymore. And, and I, I, I don't I wonder know. if that's the coaching coaching staff trying to rein him in, but they're letting Dom Davis do it. So. It's almost like it's almost like he's the one putting the reins on himself. Yeah, he might be doing that to himself, thinking that I need mm-hmm. to be a quarterback. I need to win games with my arms. And, and I, I don't, I don't know what you would call it, but it's like in hockey when you guys going on a cold streak, he's squeezing the stick too hard. Kind of that idea where he's just maybe he's just not he's not committing like he was in 2016 to to you know being that mobile quarterback or maybe, maybe he wasn't committing to it but like you said he was nervous and didn't maybe not quite trust the passing game so he scrambled and extended plays like that and it worked but now i mm-hmm. think he wants to be more of a pocket passer or that's what he figures it needs to happen and and he's gone away from from the mobility and and it's backfired immensely i think we're kind of seeing that uh that with Vernon Adams right now where he is cool. trying to pass more and it's Mm -hmm. working (laughs) yeah it it seems to be going well for him we'll get to that in the next game but matt nichols 25 of 29 (laughs) 295 yards and two touchdowns he doesn't even have to break his sweat out there no and he set a new record a new blue bombers record for uh, consecutive completions uh you know if they if they don't have a 31 to 1 lead he wins my prop bet uh, so I'm going to count it as a win. Uh, you know, two touchdowns. You know, one. Wait, one, what was the prop bet on Nichols? I thought we said over 300 yards. No, it was Jennings. I just wanted to ignore that. Was it Jennings? <laughs> oh, I definitely said no on that. Yeah, you did. So I thought, you were I right. We had, I thought we had one on Nichols too for some reason. I'm pretty sure it was Jennings. <laughs> you, you said you wrote it down. I didn't. Um, I didn't write it down, <laughs> but I know it was Jennings. <laughs> I love it when you lie to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, 45 yards after three quarters. I wonder if he's going to get 300. Yeah. Nope. I should have put money on that one. <laughs> this this Winnipeg Blue Bombers team right now, uh, you know, it is a well-oiled machine. And like we've said all season and even in our preview shows, continuity is is breeding the success there and you know they are, this is their window you know with whether it be age or expiring contract but these guys have been together for so long this is what we expected and they mm-hmm. are de- they are delivering they are not disappointing and you know Andrew Harris 14 rushes for 63 yards throws in 68 yards through the air on five catches and a touchdown uh and then you got Kenny Lawler or sorry, Kenny, Kenny the King. Yes, I, I I messed that up. Five for seven for eighty three <laughs> yards and a touchdown. Nineteen point three points. Lucky Whitehead. Not a huge day. Fifty five yards and and five yards on the ground. But I mean, 
everybody was contributing. Daniel Peterman was pointed out so many times. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't even the one catching the ball. But he is just he's accepted his role and he is running those clearing routes and you know getting the defense to back off and allowing everybody else to succeed. And then he gets rewarded with five catches, 46 yards. Like, well, he and, made uh, Rashawn Simonize uh, expendable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, I mean, and BC hasn't done a thing with Rashawn Simonize, really. Right, right. Um, but, I mean, everybody is just bought in, and his offense is clicking, and they just look unstoppable right now. Granted, it is Ottawa. But the way they executed was just something to behold. I think the only positive right now for Ottawa is their new running back, John Crockett. Mm-hmm. Uh, 15 carries for 88 yards, just two under throw six ups. yards a carry, and yes, two pukes. Uh, <laughs> shades of Terry Williams when he had his first yeah. CFL start at running back a couple years ago for the Stampeders. I mean, you got to love that. He he pukes like... <laughs> and you could hear who had the mic. Willie Jefferson was mic'd up. Yeah, he and was you could hear him, them. <laughs> you could hear him yelling at the ref, hey, this guy's puking, he's got to go. <laughs> And I texted you, and I'm like, holy, drink some water, bud. He pukes before the play. Then they give him the ball, and he pukes again. (laughs) That's straight out of the replacements. It is. The whole team needs to get together and (laughs) shuffle over. (laughs) Willie Jefferson was the highlight of this game for me. Oh, so funny. Um, watching him mic'd up, I, I I think this is what we wanted mm-hmm. from the live. It's what I want from the live mic games. A lot of times they were bringing it. It felt like I was in the huddle or on the field with these players for these uh, live mic games. I feel like they're a lot better than they were when they first started. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I, people still bitch and moan about uh, all hearing all the different play calls and all that, but I think they're fun, and I, I, I don't mind watching them. I, I like that. It makes it feel kind of video gamey. Yeah, it does. Which is perfect because you want, you want to target the younger audience. Uh, you know, I play four hours of video games a day, and a lot of it is Madden. Yeah, I'm a loser. I'm 31 and single. Big whoop. <laughs> Right, but this makes it feel like I'm, I'm like I'm in the middle of a game. The only thing I don't like right, is the split yeah. screen. Yeah, I I honestly wondered while I was watching the sp- split screen if it would have been better if they would have had spider cam for something like that. Like, the only, <sighs> well, it, it's just they hand the ball off and he's running and he gets tackled, but because of how far behind the line of scrimmage the running back always yeah, is, it's hard yeah. to see where they are in the field. And there's no first yeah. down lines, and I know. The first down lines haven't always been there, but, but we've grown accustomed to it now, and you don't realize how much you miss it until it's not there. Right, right. <laughs> right, and it, it is an awful viewing experience without it now because we, we've grown so accustomed to having it. Is Nellie now the new mascot for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? She goes to her first game at 98 years old, and they absolutely smash the Red Blacks. Oh, I feel like she's got to go to every game until the rest of the year. That is not the Nellie I thought you were talking about. No, I was not talking about country grammar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I think she's got some free season tickets in her hands now if, <laughs> if they were smart. Uh, my futures bet would greatly appreciate it as well. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, just look at the time of possession in this game, and I think you'll just shake your head. 36 minutes and 40 seconds for the Bombers. 23-20 for the Red Blacks. Yeah. The it, it, it was just an ugly game. <laughs> We've probably already dedicated too much time to this game. It was domination from beginning until the end. Well, at the beginning, the Red Blacks had a shot. It was only 7-1 after the first, and then it was 28-1 at halftime. Which so was perfect, because this- <laughs> I, I put it on in the background and play video games, because I'm like, I can look over uh, when I hear when I hear the announcers get excited. And I'll oh, be look, okay. another another score. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see more Johnny Augustine. I'll say that. He got three carries for the mm-hmm. Bombers and had uh, 30 yards rushing. And I think he is a uh, a diamond in the rough that uh, that the Bombers have there. They have some real depth at running back. If, and if he can, you know, maybe pound one in, in into the end zone in a game, uh, you know, it could be a pretty good $2,500 flex option if he gets more looks. Yeah, so you got to bank on the Bombers just crushing teams. <laughs> well, they they do have to play Toronto yet. Ooh, <laughs> we're gonna need another swear jar. Yeah, we need the Argonaut swear jar. I'm sorry, that boat. It's like the boats at uh, well, West gonna, Edmonton Mall. Since, since we're talking <laughs> about the Argos, yeah, that boat is probably sinking. <laughs> and if and if I'm if I'm Corey Chamberlain, I'm not going down with it. <laughs> I'm jumping. He's off. gonna resign. Is that what you think? He's gonna be like the guy on the Titanic that gets in the boat, it gets in the lifeboat, and everybody looks at him, and then they just lower it anyway. Like he doesn't go down with the ship. He's just he's gonna just walk away. Yeah. When was the last time he won a game? I know this is this is the start of the show, but 2014. Yeah, yeah. Like he went 0 and 9 with the Riders, 0 and 10. In 2015, yeah, and then got fired. So yeah. I think this is 14 losses in a row in the regular season. Yeah, looking real good. Looking real good. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and it just works out perfect, right, to call it a sinking ship because it's the Argos. It just it was right there. I had to take it. <laughs> Two and Out this week is brought to you by ATB Financial, and they've got the no-fee all-in digital banking account. If you're tired of paying bank fees... And you can't even remember the last time you went into a branch? Well, this is the exact count account that you need. A no-monthly-fee digital account with a line of credit that makes banking work for you. So you can sign up at ATB.com. You're going to get interest on balances over 1000 bucks. You can bank, borrow, and save all in one account. And yeah, that line of credit gets thrown in as well. There's no minimum balance in unlimited digital transactions and free Interact e-transfers. I run fantasy leagues. I have a <laughs> lot of Interact tree <laughs> Interact e-transfers. You can you can e-transfer jelly beans? I mean they're jelly beans that come in the mail. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> hey Revenue Canada, this guy, this guy over here. This got really awkward. <laughs> Hit up ATB for the no-fee all-in digital account at ATB.com. Okay, this is uh, where everybody's pick'em gets ruined, oh, including I'm so mad you, at my, because I'm on the so show you picked 
on the show you picked Montreal, and then you texted me basically the night before saying, I really want to pick my, I really want to change my pick to Edmonton. I'm going to change my pick to Edmonton. And I didn't so you do did. it yet. I didn't do it yet. I, I woke up, oh. <laughs> I woke up Friday morning, Saturday morning, went to work, ended up where I had phone service, which is never a good thing. Uh, <laughs> Got back to the truck about 10 minutes before kickoff. I see that Cunningham and uh, Posey Posey are both not playing. I'm like, Vernon Adams is screwed. Going to hop on the Eskimos here. Changed my pick'em on both pick'ems that we have. Changed my, I cashed out my Alouettes bet. Put it back on the Eskimos. No. I lost, lost everything. Well, not everything. I lost my bet. Um and I kicked myself basically the whole way back to the hotel because I was like, I had it in my hands. I had the perfect week, and I just, I, I just let it go. And I, <laughs> I did it again. It was like the Adam Big Hill thing where I overthought it, and I sat in the truck for five minutes and overthought it and ruined everything. Alouettes win twenty to ten, and. It was a it was a grinding game. the The Alouettes defense mm-hmm. really has figured out how to. They've gotten a lot better, and I don't know, like, how much of a factor do you think the Heat played here? The the Heat was a huge factor. I think it was a massive factor but here. At, it, at it the same 30, time, both teams have to play in it. Both teams did have to play in it. I am assuming that Montreal was practicing in it. Mm-hmm. Edmonton was not. Yeah, I think that that could be a deciding factor. It was not like that, or it hasn't been like this in Alberta since probably last year. <laughs> yeah, we've had one we, day. We, we've had one day where it was hot, and I went golfing and then found a patio, and I didn't go home because it was cooler on the patio than it was in my condo with no AC. Yeah, we haven't had uh, that sort of weather out mm-hmm. here at all. The Alouettes did everything they could, but I'm going to say that the difference here again was uh, penalties. The Edmonton Eskimos need to figure this out in a hurry. There were some really key penalties they took. The Alouettes did take uh, over 100 yards of penalties themselves. The Eskimos only had 80 yards of penalties, but mm-hmm. I found that the time they were taking them they were just horrible. So Kenny Stafford gets a touchdown taken off the board. Yeah, holding on Colin Kelly. They pick off Vernon Adams in the end zone, illegal contact. Yep. Another interception, illegal contact. Yep. How, and I said this on the Eskimo Empire podcast, discipline is going, is the the only way they're going to win this game. And yeah, they had less penalties, but it was just the timing of the penalties, and I—they were the most horrible time, <laughs> right? And, and, and I mean, holding is holding, so that play, like, I wouldn't even count that as taking points off the board because the only reason Stafford caught it is because of the holding penalty. Is what I—I I, I didn't get to watch the game; I listened to it a lot on radio. Um, but I mean, that's that's the way I look at holding penalties on the offensive lines. If he didn't hold, the quarterback was getting sacked anyway. Right. Right. Is right? what I kind of always kind of look at it that way, but. I don't know how many times we have to say it. I don't know how many times other podcasts have to say it. I don't know how many times Dave and Morley have to say it on 630 Ched and how many times we got to listen to it on TSN in the morning in Edmonton that this team needs to be more disciplined. And Jason Moss says it on the news and on on TV. And, you know, discipline's an issue. Uh, 
if the team isn't going to change, then something has to. And the only thing that can change is the coach because they're obviously not listening to him when it comes He's to He's been answering these questions since he became Eskimo's head coach. Right? And, and if, 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 if they have tuned that out, and we see it all the time in other sports where they just need a fresh voice, and that's when the season turns around, uh, a.k.a. the 2018-19 St. Louis Blues, fire their head coach, new, new voice comes in, and it makes a world of difference. If, if they're going to keep taking penalties and shooting themselves in the foot, I mean, penalties aren't the only reason they lost this game. I don't think they deserve to win this game regardless of the penalties. But if they're not going to change, then the head coach needs to be changed. And I, I know that's probably a really hot take, but if they're not going to listen to him about discipline, then maybe they'll listen to somebody else. Because well, if he they're taking points off the board themselves. They're beating themselves. They beat themselves in this game on, in more ways than one. There's actually a lot of inexperienced coaches in the league right now, and oh, I would yeah. honestly put Moss in that category. Um, he makes stupid decisions. Yeah, he, he kicks. He, he's inexperienced, but he's what the second longest tenured coach in the CFL right now. I know that's the crazy, crazy thing to look at it because if you go to last year, would you put Moss over O'Shea? Nope. Jones. Nope. Buono. Well, you know my Dickinson. feeling on Chris Jones. Like uh, he was probably the bottom of the barrel coaches in the West. Yep, and probably third in the East. Yeah, and I mean, if if they keep going to, if they make the playoffs this year and they lose on a stupid decision or stupid penalties again. Mm-hmm. Maybe they do have to make a change. I I don't know, but <laughs> they, they continue to perform uh, at a high level. Which I mean, they're still maybe the second best team in the West right now. Because <laughs> look at what Calgary's doing in BC. I think Edmonton's they, they're probably in the mix for a home playoff game mm-hmm. at least. But uh, if stupid penalties or dumb decisions cost them a West final or a Grey Cup berth. Ah, they're not going to be happy in Edmonton. So not only head coaching decisions, but take a look at Montreal's offense. Technically 23 passing attempts, 22 by Vernon Adams, and of course Eugene Lewis throws a touchdown to Vernon Adams. So 23. They rush the ball 24 times. And granted, Vernon Adams had seven of those. They actually limited uh, William William Stanback a lot in this game. Yeah. Then you go look at Edmonton's side of the ball. They threw the ball 43 times. You're telling me in a game that was this close, I mean, you only lost by 10. You needed to throw the ball 43 times. They gave the ball to CJ Gable eight times. He averaged 4.1 yards. What are you doing as an offensive coordinator only giving CJ Gable the ball eight times and he's averaging that? 4.1 is not not a terrible average. It gives you a nope, second, nope. second and you know medium which is completely doable for this team with the likes of Kenny Stafford and DeVaris Daniels. When he's, when he's healthy, he seems to get hurt every game. Greg Ellingson, Tavon Smith, and Teo J. Even C.J. Gable coming out of the backfield and get, for a swing pass. Second and manageable. And they refused to give him the ball. And there was no need to throw the ball 43 times. Well, when it's that damn hot, don't you want to beat up and wear out the defense? Well, you would think so. And, you know, <laughs> like, you lost a time of possession by five minutes, well, four minutes. 
you know, because yet, yeah, you threw the ball forty three times. You only completed twenty nine of those, and two of them were intercepted. Yep. How how do you how are you going to sustain drives when you're doing this? It, it makes zero sense. And so many teams are doing it. They're abandoning the run this year, and I just it makes zero sense to me. And I, I know you only have the two downs or three downs, I get, but like you don't want to go two and out. It's not ideal. But you know those two and out drives. If you even if you were able to gain, or even if you run it both times, you start beating up an offense. Every play matters. Every play will wear down a defense. If you and you know later on, it might come in where you can get get that four yard rush and, and set something else up, and, and the defense starts you know bending over and and you know hands on their knees and taking deep breaths and starting to get bagged, and and you can take advantage. But if you're not going to run the ball, I mean. The Montreal defense, they know the pass is coming. What, what do they care about C.J. Gable out of the backfield? Like, it, Why even worry about him? It was a dink and dunk offense all all mm-hmm. game long from the Eskimos on this one, and that's all that the Alouette defense was uh, giving Trevor Harris and the well, Eskimos. So, I mean, when you have the when you have the greatest safety in the CFL, <laughs> don't really want to throw it too deep, do you? <laughs> Your boy's looking good out there. Hey, another pick. <laughs> Not a big deal. The tackle numbers, those, those tackle numbers, those are rookie numbers. You need to pump those up. Only three tackles on the day, but I'll take the interception. Hey, if they want to avoid them, then uh, maybe that's what's happening. They don't want to kill I, their guys I, on crossing I, routes. I would not want to get hit by Taylor Loeffler. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to get hit by anybody. Like, let's be honest. I play rec. I play rec league <laughs> hockey, and I just I just stick to the boards. I don't really go in the dirty areas. I got to work so, in the morning, uh, man. Where where are we on the Montreal Alouettes? Oh, Montreal beats Winnipeg in the Grey Cup. I think. I think that's where we're at. Right. <laughs> Montreal Montreal right now is plus thirteen hundred to win the Grey Cup. Are you putting money down? Uh, no comment. <laughs> Not, not yet. Not yet. And you know what? Uh, honestly, I thought that the storm delay was going to be a blessing for the Eskimos. And I thought so too. No, they they did not come out with any fire after that. Mm, honestly, nope. I, I, I you don't want to make excuses for a team, but I think the Heat uh, really beat them up in this one. And and it, it was it would have been humid too. You're right on the like yeah, it would have been brutal. And they, uh, well, they've got the short week, and we're seeing some tweets from uh, Dave Campbell, from Chad. They're going to have to make some changes in the next game. Devaris Daniels left the game. Forrest Hightower left the game. They both didn't return. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying. I'm just saying. I know what you're saying. The Toronto Argonauts. (laughs) I know what you're saying, but what are you saying? (laughs) Oh, uh, do we have an upset special? Uh, I think there's a huge possibility. Uh, Toronto, yeah, they're on the road, but they haven't traveled, really. Uh, you know, Edmonton, and this is and this is why I want. This is why I took Montreal on the show. This is why I had him when I pick him originally. Edmonton, why I took Montreal? Sorry, Edmonton. You know, went to BC. Then the next week they're out in Montreal. Now they had to come all the way back. That's a lot of travel. And, and you know the time zones and, and all that stuff, and it, it just it just seemed right for the pickings, and I overthought it. I really think Toronto, Toronto's got a legit shot, 
because of just the amount of miles that, that the Eskimos have put on in the last two weeks. Yeah, their offensive line needs to have their best game of the season if they yep. want to hope to win this one because the Eskimos and, you know what, actually the Alouettes on short yardage in this game were both playing very well. But with Sewell in the middle, he looks like he had a great game against Montreal, so... <laughs> Toronto's going to have a tough time handling uh, him and uh, making space for James Wilder at all. But if they can at all, uh, it might be an interesting game Thursday at Commonwealth Stadium. Now, the last game of the <laughs> week was the Saskatchewan Roughriders and the BC Lions. At halftime, it was... 16-14, no, 16-17, the Riders had uh, the lead who, there. Who it was seriously a reads game. a score like that? <laughs> I, I screwed that up. <laughs> I thought it was 16-14. That's, that's why I said 16 first. Okay. But no, it was 17-16. Did you even watch the game? Like I did watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um. Wow. Uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same for the BC Lions. The Fair. <laughs> Mike Riley, he can't take this anymore. I, You know what? I have zero sympathy for him now. After I slept, I, after that game, I slept on it and worked all day. Zero sympathy because he had the opportunity to take himself out of that game, not get hit anymore, and then, you know, he can tear into his offensive line and his teammates in the locker room, but instead his pride takes over and he scores a garbage time TD. And it was almost like he's trying to prove that he's tough. And I was like, no, man, we know, and, and you don't have the supporting cast right now. Like, take yourself out. Like, what if he gets hurt there? Like, now now it's just selfish. I, I think he needs to set that ego aside. Yeah, 100%. I, I think it was a selfish move for him to stay in the football game. You're not going to win. You're down by three scores. Take your and you know, I'm sure if he would have went up to, to Clay Brooks and said, "Let let's 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 get me out of here," it wouldn't there wouldn't have even been a, a discussion. It would have been, "Yep, done deal." And and Clay Brooks the same way. If he's the, if he's the team's head coach, he should be able to go to Mike and say, "You're coming out." And if Mike says no, well then you know what? Good luck to you. But I, I just think it's selfish for him to be staying in there if, if it was his decision. If not, and you know it was a team decision and Clay Brooks didn't want to take him out, then Clay Brooks is a complete idiot. From what I've read, it's that uh, Riley said he wanted to stay in, so he was left in. Okay, I well, think that, zero sympathy then. I think that the coach needs to take control and get him out. Yeah, it's not the player's decision who plays and who doesn't. So. Because yeah, that final score of thirty-eight twenty-five, it was very yeah, thirty-eight, thirty-eight uh, nineteen until that touchdown yeah. with less than twenty seconds left yeah. at the end of the game. That didn't matter, and they, I think they said it on commentary. They, they if they want to do this for point differential, these teams play three times. Yeah, they're not going to have a tie. No, they're not going to have a tie. No. To make um, the, to come down to points. I, if, I, if I'm if I'm BC's general manager, if I'm Ed Hervey, and Mike Riley gets hurt on that final drive because Clay Brooks wouldn't step up and take him out, I'm firing Clay Brooks. I just paid Mike Riley over seven hundred thousand dollars. We're losing this game anyway. 
Take the loss, go home, lick your wounds. No reason he should be in that game. And we saw it when Mac Henry rolled up on him for no reason. Super that was dirt, stupid. Stupid, dirty play, uncalled for, unnecessary. Should be a fine. I think it will be a fine. We'll find out tomorrow or on Monday, Tuesday, whenever that stuff will come out. I'm firing Clay Brooks if I'm Henry if Mike Riley gets hurt and is out. Because, I'm sorry, no offense to Danny O'Brien, but he's not winning. He's not getting you in the playoffs if Mike Riley can't play. Here's the thing, too. You need to play the averages here. You don't... Bo Mitchell doesn't uh, like to run the ball because part of his job is to stay healthy and be the mm-hmm. f- leader for his team. And I know he got hurt throwing the ball. but That, th- that was a non-contact. It's, it, it's a freak yeah. injury, right? He plays the averages. They don't give up that many sacks. Mm-hmm. If you give up this many sacks and he gets hit this many times he's going to get hurt even if they were all clean <laughs> there's something's going to happen when your quarterback's getting hit that much there was over 20 sacks rushes and knockdowns like combined wow that's too much <laughs> as an offensive Foucault was cheating on every play in the fourth quarter yeah, he, he was, was terrified of Charleston he was, Hughes. And do you blame him? <laughs> um, he was moving early on basically every snap on that final two on the final two possessions they had, which whatever yep. I get not calling it. It was it was like bang bang, so it was pretty close, but it still looked to the naked eye like he was. As an offensive line, if you're allowing that much pressure, and it wasn't this game is not a one off, right? The, no, it's this has been, been going all, on this all, been all year. year. You need you need to figure it out. Uh, you should be embarrassed. And I I know these guys are professional athletes, but you should be embarrassed if 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 you as a group are giving up. Like you are literally throwing wins away because you can't protect your quarterback. It's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. I know that Micah Johnson doesn't have. Uh, sack next to his name but But. it's no mistake that charleston hughes is making this many plays in the backfield Mm -hmm. (laughs) again at at 35 years old because micah johnson is occupying the center and the guard sometimes it looks like he's taking on three guys at once and hughes can just do what he want he had 10 tackles three sacks Two force fumbles. If he doesn't make it as uh, one of the players of the week, something's wrong. Uh, yep, that was an absolutely dominating performance. Uh, and like, <laughs> and like I said, Micah Johnson does not even show up on the stat sheet. He didn't have exactly. A, he did not have a single tackle. And they don't they don't track pressures anymore, or else he might have. But you know, Mike Micah Johnson taking on the double teams, or whatever he's becoming a part of something bigger and, you know, Charleston Hughes and AC Leonard coming off the edges are just huge benefactors of that. And 10 tackles in a game, uh, especially for a defensive end. Like you would expect those numbers from a linebacker, uh, you know, Charleston yeah. Hughes and the, the two force fumbles and, you know, just an absolute dominating performance, uh, you know, and, and BC had their chances to really pull away. I felt they like did. I felt. And then, you know, in the third, that, 
every time they got a little bit of momentum, that Saskatchewan front would be able to get to Mike Riley, and the offensive line could do nothing to stop it. Because uh, Brian Burnham had himself an awesome game. He had over Mm -hmm. 100 yards, and uh, you heard him. He had 18.6 points fantasy-wise. He went 8 for 11 for 106, and you're only scoring 25 points. Yeah, he burned Marshall. He burned Ganey. Mm-hmm. He's a hell of a receiver. If he would, if if Deron Carter had the same work ethic, just put his head down and go to work as Brian Burnham did, then I I got to say though, I love Deron Carter's uh, Twitter account today. You got to check that out. <laughs> I I can't. <laughs> oh yeah, you're blocked. <laughs> I'll use I'll use the podcast account. Well, I mean, Deron didn't have a terrible game. He goes seven of eight for sixty five. That battle with Nick Marshall was fun but, to watch. But that might have that might have been the highlight of his game is that matchup against Nick Marshall. Marshall probably should have got no, he definitely should have got flagged for suplexing yeah. him out of bounds, but Oh, and, and you know, ripping him down by, by the helmet and yeah. shoulder pads and in, inbounds, <laughs> like when he didn't even have the ball. Uh there was, there was probably a lot of one of those situations where the refs see oh, it happened to eighty nine, who cares? <laughs> Hey man, I'm an older fan. I watch Connor McDavid get hacked on the hands, and it never gets called. So I wouldn't be surprised if the rest are like, "As Deron Carter, you know what? Screw that guy." I, I've heard it happen in the NHL too, or I've heard conspiracy theorists mm-hmm. say it, where all well, the Oilers don't get the calls, but a veteran team like you know St. Louis or Boston or whatever, they'll get the calls. Yeah, that's and just it. That's what people want to say, but then you look at the numbers I love the and they tinfoil. don't support it at all. No, they don't. <laughs> hey, speak, speaking, um, of consp- speaking of conspiracies, are you storming Area 51? Oh, I'll be in front and center. <laughs> Did that guy not look exactly like what you would expect the guy to look that came up with this? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, one play I want to mention in this game is the fake punt. That they had been working on. It was just a beautiful play. And then he forgot to put Keenan LaFrance on the special teams eligible list. How does this happen? That's not a good look if you're Dave Dickinson. Or, sorry, Craig Dickinson. It's not a good look. He, A, uh, what position does Keenan LaFrance play? Well, he's a running back when he's not on special teams. Uh Uh-huh. So why wouldn't you put him on the eligible list? I can't answer seems, it. It's that a just re- seems boneheaded to me. And this play is not a surprise. This they've been doing no. this. So how do you put like that? How do you and, practice it that long? <laughs> I, and and you know yeah he reports as eligible because he's playing an ineligible position. Yeah. And I thought. Uh, I thought Al Bradbury did a really good job of of you know describing it, and I had no idea what he meant though. With the card is live, is that another thing where we got to give props to these officials? How do they keep all this stuff straight, dude? I think what would have happened is they would have looked at the the, the card before the game, and I mean, Keenan the France would have stood out to you, of course, yeah. right? So then when that happens. You know, a, a switch goes off. It's like, I remember that from somewhere. So you look back, Kate, this is an ineligible play. So, I mean, you know, a little thing like that would really spark, especially, you know, he's wearing number 27. So, you know, for him to be listed as, as ineligible is going to, you're going to remember that. 
but you know, to to think about it in that t- quick, and I don't know if may, I'm sure that uh, the video review guys would have had that info as well. Yeah, I would I would think they would have to, and they could make the call because they would know right away too. Uh, but it's just, I I just don't get how you can do that. No. <laughs> and, and it didn't come back to bite them in the ass. Like they still win the football game and everything, but it, yeah. it's a real bad look on the coaching staff. Yeah, that's uh, it's, it's just a it's, stupid it's no fa- clerical it's, error. Yeah. And error. it's no it's no fault of Keenan LaFrance. No, no, N- none of the players' faults. Yeah, and I just I, went into. I just wonder if they didn't quite understand the rule that once he was on that sheet, he couldn't even declare as eligible. And I'm wondering if that's well, what happened. Well, Dickinson said in the postgame conference that he made the same mistake 15 years ago and uh, oh, says good. he owes LaFrance and John Ryan a beer for the flub. <laughs> All right, then. Well, I stand I, I stand corrected, <laughs> which happens uh, a lot. <laughs> As for the Riders' side of things, I mean, Kyron Moore and Shaq Evans. Shaq mm-hmm. Evans has a monster, monster. game. Yeah. Five catches for 158 yards and a touchdown. He looked like he was burning Gary Peters for uh, most of the night. Uh, Kyron Moore had a nice uh, Mm 39-yard touchdown that was really, really awesome. They're getting the young guys going. I don't know if Manny Arsenault is uh, contributing to – or was a big contributor into these guys finding all the space and getting uh, one-on-ones down the field. But these young receivers are really playing really, really good football. At times last year, they looked uh, lost. I know Shaq Evans had the dropsies a little bit, but Mm -hmm. he's looking like maybe the best peer receiver on that team right now. Uh, Yeah, he had 158 yards, touchdown on five catches, uh, you know, twenty six point eight points. Kyron Moore with his, he, you know, chips in with twelve punt return yards, but five is six for sixty three. These guys are taking full advantage of the opportunities they're being given, and and maybe it has a little bit to do. Like, don't forget, Naaman Roosevelt and and yeah. Emmanuel Arsenal are still on the field. So I mean, you you gotta take into account. You gotta take those two guys into account. And I don't think that Shaq Evans and Kyron Moore are getting the number one and number two cover guys on them. Right no, now, I don't think or at so. least not the number one. I mean, I don't know if he would put the number two guy on Emmanuel Arsenal right now in his first game, but that that's going to open up so many opportunities for for the for the other guys uh, in the offense. And speaking of the young guys, uh, Javon Katoy there for BC scored his first touchdown of his CFL career uh, here. Undrafted, yeah. undrafted Canadian, love him. Yeah, so I just want to give him a quick shout out. And uh, Solomon Elamimian looks like he is—he's uh, shaking off the rust. He made some nice tackles in the open field. He had seven of them, two for a loss. Um, Quarterback sack. Solomon, yeah, it looks like Solomon Means has kind of recovered. Luches Purifoy is a dynamite returner mm-hmm. for the Riders. And speaking of returners, Marcus Thigpen. Absolutely electric in this one has a 100 yard kickoff return, and if it weren't for that special teams touchdown, I think this game is probably a lot closer mm-hmm. right until the end. I think that was the play that blew this whole game up. Yeah, it totally deflated BC. I think um, not only make this game close, 
If he doesn't return that, I lose my fantasy matchup because, again, <laughs> I tinkered. You did. But it wor- this one worked out it for It worked you. because William Powell only got 12.5 points. So instead of starting William Powell, I started Marcus Thigpen banking on a kick return touchdown. <laughs> and then I started the Saskatchewan defense. So were you against Rod from the Wood Cookie Sawcast? Yep, and I won by 0.9 points. Wow. I am now in third place. Not a big deal. And I got taken to the woodshed by, woodshed by Andrew from the Eskimo Empire podcast. Sounds about Who right. is undefeated, actually. Yep. <laughs> I am not. I am, I am not looking forward to running into that buzzsaw. I don't know where I'm going to go this week because... I uh, I took Ellingson, I took Rogers, and they did nothing for me. Mm. Like I could have gone and probably had more catches. So I I don't would know. You, would you would you would you be an eligible like. receiver though? Yeah, I'd probably uh, like uh, it's yeah, like I'd Rod Smith line. wanting to run the center screen. I don't think we can do that. <laughs> We are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Where should we send you this week? Let's send you to the Tight Ends Podcast. God knows Brazilian tie and I are not a pair of tight ends, but it is a sports podcast. That's a little personal. (laughs) Vanda claims she doesn't know much about football. But she knows a tight end when she sees one. I guess we'll let her uh, be the judge. But she call, she talks about all kinds of uh, sports on her show. So go to tightendspodcast.com. Check out all the other Alberta Podcast Network shows at albertapodcastnetwork.com. And as always, when buying your tickets for anything, whether it be hockey, football, both north and south of the border, concerts, go to seatgiant.ca, Canadian owned and operated, and you use the promo code APN at checkout, you'll save 5% on your purchase, and you will help support the Alberta Podcast Network in the process as well. Give us a rating, a subscription on any of your preferred podcast apps. Brazilian Thai, I, I need help. Before we go, it is worth noting that Toronto had three players in the top ten for fantasy points this week. Okay. What? Yeah. James Wilder Jr. at 24.5, Armani Edwards at 18.7, and Darrell Walker in 10th at 14.3. Ooh. Yeah. And those would have been... Well, I mean, James Wilder's not cheap, but... Yeah. I don't think a lot of people would have had had a lot of those guys in their lineup. And Cody Fajardo led the way for uh, quarterbacks at 26.4. I might be loading up on Argos this week. I got oh, nothing to lose. That is Just a like the Argos. <laughs> we'll talk to you on Thursday. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.